Hi, I'm Jeff Steinman, creator of How to Quit Working, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I am your host. It's Paul Kemp, and this is episode 149. Uh, I've got a, a guest who is actually, it's a really good connection, which is surprising because uh, he's in Thailand and I'm in the UK. And uh, I am looking forward to going through his journey. His name is Dimitri Turbadji. And uh, if you just go and check out his website, uh, there'll be a link on that. So if you go to the App Guy podcast, episode 149, find the link to his website. But you can also find it on Google, artsocket.com. Dimitri, hello. Thanks for joining us on the App Guy podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you're actually in Thailand right now. Just describe to me how lovely the location is that you're working from. It's quite nice, and uh, although it's a rain season, I have to say it's one of my favorite ones because if it rains after a hot day, it's just beautiful. It, yeah, it's uh, I, I love Thailand. The food is phenomenal, and you know, there's so many of the Appster tribe listening to this who would love to. We, we can work anywhere in the world, and would love to actually spend a little bit of time working from Thailand. Is it is it good in terms of the internet connectivity? Um, it uh, it sort of depends on where you are. Internet is uh, usually very fast, but uh, just want to find the uh, reliable connection. Great. So perhaps you can spend one or two minutes talking through uh, your journey as an entrepreneur and with ArtSocket.com. I know you've just coded this app yourself from scratch. It's a beautiful app. Uh, sorry, a beautiful website. And would love to know, you know, how you got started and tell us a little bit about your your story. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I am a Canadian, but I wasn't born in Canada. I was born in Russia with um, two artists as parents. And um, art has been around me for like, most of my childhood. But, you know, as immigrants, when we come to a different country, we're often faced with uh, financial problems and just being able to get a job. So that's when my mind kind of switched into like, oh, well, science seems to make way more sense. And I was actually able to convince myself that, uh, well, art is probably not even that important because uh, it doesn't seem to solve people's problems uh, on the surface. So uh, I started being very interested in um, computers, in science, in business even. Um, But it kind of changed in college. Um, you know, school did something to me, and uh, I just kind of realized that, you know what, I, I kind of really, really like arts. And so I was lucky enough to uh, combine my experience working with uh, tools and code and math and all that with, you know, uh, my newfound passion as an artist, musician, whatever. So um, in a sense, I'm, I'm feeling quite lucky that I'm able to do things the way that I do. And, of course, you know, it's because I'm able to make apps. That, well, I mean, first of all, we're all very jealous because, uh, you know, you have a lifestyle that I think many of us, uh, certainly listening, would, would love to emulate. 
you know, there could be listeners right now who are stuck in traffic in New York or any of the big cities, London. And, you know, we spend a lot of time in our cars getting to and from a job that we actually don't like. And to be able to do your creative work from a location like Thailand is is just very inspirational. So do you have any recommendation or guidance for anyone who is potentially looking to start on their own, do their own thing, be creative? What what would your advice be? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, first thing to do is uh, quit the day job. Um, that's not how I did it, but that's you know how most successful startups started working, and that's because they're able to dedicate hundred percent of their time to the project. Um, so you know, I wasn't able to do that because in order to just quit my job, I need some savings. And uh, I realized that if I live in the West, which is Canada, or like, you know, New York is a wonderful place, so is London. Uh, but I wouldn't be able to afford to, um, you know, sustain myself. And so I just uh, moved to Asia. And, you know, to be honest, it wasn't all about the startup. I just kind of wanted to travel. So I ended up selling pretty much most of the things that I own. And uh, so me and my girlfriend have been traveling for about a year. And then we just found that um, this place in Thailand just has the best combination of amenities and prices. And so just kind of going for it is really just, you know, not having excuses. Dimitri, I just have to give you credit for being so inspirational because that is amazing. The fact that you ended up doing what 99% of people would be too scared to do, which is sell, you know, all your kind of i guess your belonging is your 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 material things and then take off and and work and do what you you love the most and and uh i guess we live in a world that enables us to do this because we just simply need an internet connection and uh you know access to the internet so um yeah it's definitely a good time to do that and uh you know it's not all bad i still have my guitar amp and the guitar (laughs) (laughs) so i mean what what, um what sort of things did you sell then i mean i'm just intrigued that you know in in a way it's almost like starting again and uh, anyone listening to this could be i'm i'm a big fan of this kind of minimalist movement you know i don't i do think we have a lot of material things in our life that do not bring us happiness or joy uh, but we sustain them because we have to justify it because we, we're going to a job that we don't like. And uh, what what was the clear out like for you? The selling all your things. Uh, what sort of stuff did you sell? Yeah, you know what, Paul? It's it's uh, it's really nice to go shopping and buy stuff, and it's like a guilty pleasure, uh, pleasure that we all have. And it's not really it's not really that bad, um, you know, if you don't do it too often. Uh, but you know, getting rid of stuff is it gives it gave me the same kind of a feeling. I felt like you know I I had a um, small apartment and there wasn't really that much stuff. There's still a space, you know, you know we can walk around freely. We're not like hoarders kind of an environment. And um, I thought that I had less stuff than most people. But uh, when the time came to just pack it all into a backpack, I realized that there's just a lot of stuff that's going down the chute. Um, a lot of stuff is just being sold and given away. And after not having it for a year, I realized that some stuff 
sure I missed a little bit, but most of the things I don't even remember. So I want to appeal to the Appster tribe listening to this episode right now to have a look around their apartment, their home, their wherever they are, and look at all the stuff in their life and try and think about what they could do to get rid of it. Because I do think that this this is important. It's these things I've learned, the, these material things are almost like a hindrance to our freedom. They don't enhance our freedom. And the more that we can learn to live without a lot of stuff, you know, obviously for me, well, for you, it was a guitar. For me, it would be my iPhone and my Mac. <laughs> so, And actually then my wife and kids probably after that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just feel that um, a lot of people listening can take uh, credit from you in, in terms of what we can live without and uh, and be happy without as well. Uh, so let's, let's move on to your journey then with... Um, your website first of all i i did love the look of the website and you've used a lot of the new features uh with html5 and what was it like uh coding that yourself and putting the the video as well on the the backdrop does that i mean it just looks beautiful oh thank you um coding uh is kind of uh, it's kind of a layer cake in a sense because um, there is stuff that's sort of high level. You just, you know, like when you draw a painting or, you know, when you're hanging a picture in the wall, you want to stand back a little bit and see, you know, oh, you know, is the picture that I'm hanging, is it at an angle? Because the only way to see is when you stand back, really. Uh, and same with the drawing, it doesn't make sense. Um, so in that sense, it, it, it was kind of very important to me to um, do a lot of small tasks as coding, but also take time and... Uh, you know, look back, ask friends whether it works for them, and just go online and look for articles and get jealous of the websites that are better than mine and try to emulate them in some way. Um, and in terms of uh, HTML5 and uh, the CSS, the, the new tools that we have right now on the web, um, the ones that allow us to actually call our websites web, web apps rather than websites, uh, are... You know, they're, they're actually quite easy to use. They're, there's a little bit more of a vocabulary that needed to be, add, you know, uh, to be added in order to, like, say, make a video. But it's really not that much. And, like, um, all the stuff that I have learned was just simply by going online and typing to a search bar, how do I do this? And, and then that's pretty much it. And, and it's mostly it's not even me who made the code. It's mostly... All those very generous people who have solved other people's problems and posted it in forums and were kind enough to just blog about it and be like, this is how I made it. Yeah, and and that's that's the other thing I want to learn from this chat with you right now is that we have an unlimited amount of resources uh, that we can learn a lot of these things, troubleshoot a lot. Are there there any favorite websites you like to visit to uh, learn to resolve certain problems or learn how to do certain things with CSS and that. Yeah, absolutely. I've um, I've been visiting quite a bit of uh, Smasher magazine. The uh, they have like a mix of articles that range from design to development, and uh, I find that the style that they write edited or edited of its uh, guest poster it's very leisurely kind of a read. So I don't feel like I'm intensely working while you know skimming through the article, just reading the details. And then uh, once I have some problems or 
I'm looking for solutions to uh, something that I want to create, uh, I usually end up on uh, Stack Overflow. Yeah, that's a wonderful resource. I'll put links to those in the show notes. So it's theappguy.co. Just go and search out for episode 149 with Dimitri and you'll uh, see the links there to uh, those mentioned resources. So let's talk about then uh, how you managed to sustain this awesome lifestyle that you have uh, living, um, I guess you're currently living in Thailand. So uh, how do you monetize your stuff? How do you actually make money? So, I mean, it's an e-commerce, so it's probably the most straightforward way towards making money. If somebody makes a purchase, it just kind of uh, comes to me and I have to order the prints from a print store and have them send it to the address. Um, so, generally, um, in business like this, it's, um, it's a lot about ROI. So, uh, if I'm bringing people to the website, I either have to pay for the ads, be somebody who's very popular or just, you know, create an amazing app. And uh, usually uh, I find that it's a mix of all three because, uh, I mean, not everybody can be Instagram, although we all, you know, probably should aspire to um, be just like really good at something that we do. But, you know, if we're not exceptionally lucky, or if we just chose a market that is not the easiest market in the world, but we still feel that it's very meaningful to contribute to um, the way that things are done in that particular sphere, um, we just got to combine our efforts and just do a lot of things at once in a way. And uh, eventually, um, they will, uh, like all the good efforts will accumulate in the back burner and like, Eventually, we just kind of keep on piling it up and get better. Yeah, it's wonderful. And so in terms of uh, monetizing the, the artsocket.com, uh, it's it's quite uh, simply an e-commerce site where uh, I can see lots of prints of uh, different artwork. And then I, I order something by uh, clicking buy. And that's then uh, you, you take a percentage of that and reorder, uh, put the and process the order through an, another print service that's right um basically uh, uh what i've done is i've, I've substituted the shipping a little bit uh, just because i don't really believe that shipping should be more than 20 percent of the price especially when we uh, try to compete with guys like amazon who just deliver for free um so that that's kind of like some there's some difficulties when it comes to e-commerce like you um you want to sort of uh, be cheap and available, uh, and available, but at the same time, quality is also extremely important. So, you know, um, just looking for the right printer and getting things done so that the customer is just happy. And you know, if they want to return something because it's a physical good, they should be able to as well. Yes, yeah, I was gonna because actually, in my history as an entrepreneur, I did have uh, some time selling setting up uh, e-commerce websites and what worked really well for me was uh, google pay-per-click and uh, having then a very good valuable uh, domain name bringing traffic to that and what i found is because i was selling very high valued items uh, over one thousand dollars plus 
uh, that actually a lot of people would not buy through the website. They had to then have a phone number to go. And there was a lot of questions to and from. It was quite a intensive selling process, but then obviously very valuable because of the high priced items. And uh, that's what I learned from my e-commerce site. Then, unfortunately, um, it went a little bit uh, uh, pear-shaped in, in that uh, the uh, manufacturer I was selling for didn't like what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, I was undercutting a lot of the uh, distributors. And so um, I had to set that, uh, cancel that. But what have you learned then in terms of uh, the best things to do for e-commerce? Uh, well, for e-commerce, one of the main things I think is experimenting, which is uh, uh, trying to step out of the comfort zone and think what could really work, like what do the customers really want? And um, it, it just kind of like uh, not stepping over the boundaries, of course, like, you know, I'm selling art and if I all of a sudden start selling Coca-Cola, I'll be diverging a little bit too much from uh, the business goals, but at the same time, you know, um, just changing uh, the product providers, making sure that it's not just the best looking website. And that's kind of like the hole I was stuck in for a long while is just kind of busy coding, busy designing, making sure that it looks great. And then uh, at some point I just realized like, okay, wait, but what am I selling? Right? Because uh, from one side it's the art and you know, the art that Apostner or the wonderful artists that are kind enough to submit, it's it's chosen and it's good, but it also has to look great on the paper and it should feel and look better than it does in the display. And so that became a large part of the um, whole thing. So kind of like the product itself matters quite a bit. Yeah, and I see you've gone down the road of uh, making your website uh, mobile responsive which is obviously, I guess, very important given that you're displaying a lot of uh, f- photography and printed art. So uh, was that a, a sort of was that a challenge to get it mobile responsive? Uh, no, actually, because I started doing it right away uh, responsive, uh, I just kind of expected that whatever page I make, I uh, I would have to have like at least three breakpoints, and you know maybe at the uh, iPhone size, the images. Are shouldn't be required for example and then the um, headline should be bigger on the um, big screen and I just kind of got used to the fact that I will be doing a little bit more work for every page but uh, once the framework was in there it's really not that much. So I'm guessing you pay a percentage to the uh, artists who submit their art so you get their uh, you can actually help artists to monetize their photography and then they send you the high resolution uh, images and then you obviously then sell those on and, and, and uh, work out the dis- distribution and you've got all the contacts for uh, the various printing places around the world. Uh, is, is that pretty much the crux of it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. For now, I'm working with uh, just one printing company just because it happens that it is actually cheaper to send from uh, the United States worldwide. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm looking to expand, obviously. But the main thing at this point is just maintaining the consistency. And uh, as with the artists, I'm, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible, just like for the customer. The, there's, uh, there's just one size available that is 
you know, seems to be the most um, common size and the, the one that's not too big and not too small. And same thing for the artist. I want to make it as clear as possible um, how much they will be getting from each sale, which is uh, $7 from a sale and up to 1300 from the whole run because it's a limited edition. And I think it's a little bit better than... Uh, given a percentage and having the people actually calculate. And that's what I have for now. You're sparing so many ideas with me, Dimitri. I mean, I can imagine that a lot of the uh, native app developers listening to this right now will be potentially getting excited by uh, possibly reaching out and connecting with you because uh, this seems that the most obvious thing for a native app and you know having some kind of either daily uh, push notification for the new art that comes on and you can have a quick scan of the new art and if you like any of it then you can get a printout of it or even i can imagine an app and maybe there's one that already already does this but where you uh, you t- take an image uh, a photograph or using your iphone or something and then you can get the printed service uh, uh, following that you know so, so i can imagine there's definitely a, some potential for that yeah absolutely there's lots of possibilities yeah uh so what what is exciting you most about your future in in, in this um with this uh, e-commerce site that you've got running uh well you know like i mentioned um i'm sort of a, an artist by heart um or converted into artist by heart uh, and so right now I'm uh, looking for ways to make the biggest impact on the way that we do things in the world because, you know, becoming a little bit older, I become a little bit more cynical and I start to see things that are just not going so well, especially after traveling for a little while and seeing what on the third world, I feel like some things that could be done better. So I think uh, with this project, I, I'm just working on something that I really know well, something that I know I can make better just because I know, say, more about art than I know about uh, distributing food to homeless shelters. So I just, just chose this avenue. And so what I'm hoping to do is sort of change the way that we purchase uh, the way that we produce and perceive art because um, we're not doing horrible, but I, I find that uh, our art sphere is entirely dependent on the financial support and it, it kind of isn't working very well. So if we look at uh, what happened um, with the music, music industry, as soon as uh, there was a way to distribute music and sort of steal music, the whole um, system collapsed because a lot of the work that artists and musicians have been producing was dependent on people uh, paying for physical products. And uh, the problem with that is uh, that really what matters is the music. And that's what people should be paying for, not the CDs. Same with uh, art and photography. Really what matters is the image and how it makes you feel rather than, um, you know, a piece of paper or a book. So I'm, I'm trying to um, change that by, you know, choosing carefully the selections 
on the website so that um, people are not being overwhelmed with just thousands of images and you know instead of choosing the color that matches their wall they will get a chance to uh, choose a picture that they sort of connect to the most and just kind of working on educating the public and um, you know anybody really about why art is really necessary and important in uh, our lives. And I think that's a wonderful reminder. I mean, if you think about it, app developers, it's very creative, a lot of beautiful art going into some of the apps that we now use on a daily basis. And uh, I think that's one of the weaknesses that we tend to have is that uh, we, the image work and the, art, the artwork that goes into uh, creating an app. Uh, you may be good at de- developing, but weak at uh, creating the, the art that is required to, to make a beautiful app. So, uh, you know, we, we often like to explore um, ideas on this show. And if you use that analogy you've just used, Dimitri, where what is happening to art is possibly is, a, um, is the same as what happened to music. If you think about it, we now have unlimited choice for music. We can go to Spotify, we've got iTunes, we can download it. And uh, there is a big business, uh, but it has gone through a lot of disruption. Art is poised for a disruptive time. And what what do you think are going to be the biggest changes in, in art uh, over the next three or four years in terms of the way we consume art? Uh, well, I think one of the main things that uh, sort of makes a difference in the way that we perceive art, in the way that we perceive music, just the same is uh, curation. So, for example, um, the reason... I don't usually buy music online anymore is because it's not being sold as albums. It's being sold as individual songs. And if I buy an album, it somehow just doesn't feel super special. And um, the reason for, um, for that, I think, is that the artists actually back, back then, like you know, before the internet, they spent a tremendous amount of time picking the right songs and putting them on CD in a just the right order. And, you know, they would have, like, maybe 13 songs on average, not 300. And right now, we just got so many things. We got as much music as we want, as much art, as much photography, as much, you know, iPhone apps even, that everything just kind of becomes a blur, and nothing is special anymore. So I think the next big thing, really, is um, for us to find ways to uh, reconnect again with the things that we find important, whether it's, you know, iPhone apps, you know, whether it's uh, artwork, whether it's music. It's just uh, by realizing that uh, more is not better. And just having somebody either help us to uh, curate our own selections or learn ourselves how to choose the right things for ourselves, you know, be a uh, person with a stronger identity. So, so in the last f- f- three or four minutes, I do have to say that I- I'm looking at a piece of art which is from Bali that I bought when I was traveling the world, when I was a little bit younger. And uh, I- I've just noticed it for the first time in a few weeks. It's been hanging up on my wall. And it's the sort of thing that because it's been there so long that it's become part of the furniture. And I almost don't appreciate it. And now I'm looking at this because of our conversation and it's made me realize that there there could be 
a, a massive future, potential disruptive future for art. If we imagine, imagine this, that I could get some giant sized iPad type high definition uh, display and somebody who I trust, say like you, to then curate my art so I have a different piece of art every day that's displayed on the wall uh, or it's displayed according to my mood so I could choose different moods and it would then display some art that is appropriate for that mood. It would mean forever changing art on my walls and it would then, live. I think, liven up my... my um, my art imagine that as a can you can you visualize that as a potential future for displaying art yeah absolutely and i mean uh, i've been reading some uh, news lately that the um, tech companies they're coming up with monitors that are basically have the same resolution as an iphone which is uh, you know the retina display but the size would be you know 27 inches and i, I have no doubt that they will expand so if uh, if you have displays like that it will work almost as good or maybe even better than on paper. And so I, I can definitely see as something that could work. In fact, there is a, um, there is a startup. I don't remember exactly what they're called, but they are uh, sort of like a Kindle for artwork. So you can actually buy um, art digitally, and then whenever you're on your monitor and device, you can just sign into the account, and it will display it for you. That that is huge because look at the um, attraction for wallpaper on your uh, laptop or device, and uh, yeah, the thought of a Kindle for art seems like the obvious thing that uh, should be next in in, in terms of art. Uh, so bef- before we say goodbye, Dimitri, uh, I do always like to ask guests if uh, since you are uh, in Thailand and you've um, got a, a smartphone with you. Would you be able to recommend us an app that you use that you may not have, or we may not have come across before? before? Mm, all right. Uh, well, maybe I can try a few because a lot of the ones that I use um, are quite common. But like, for example, instead of Facebook, I use Paper, which is, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's available in UK yet, but it's quite nice. Um, so uh, another thing that I use a lot is uh, Momondo which is an app to buy uh, air tickets. And it's quite good, especially in Asia. You can get prices that are um, sometimes about half price or even less than what you would get at the counter. Okay, and what's that called? No Mondo, did you say? Uh, Momondo, M-O-M-O. Okay, that sounds great. Um, Yeah, and uh, they have like a direct competitor, uh, Skyscanner, which is uh, pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I've used Skyscanner, the app. It's very good as well. And uh, I'll put links to Momondo and Paper in the show notes as well of episode 149. Uh, That is great. Dimitri, before we say goodbye then, any last uh, parting thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, Well, first of all, Paul, thank you very much for having me here. And uh, yeah, I think if we try hard and try to help each other as much as we can, we can just make our community so much more productive and just a better place. And I think what I've got to thank, really, whom I got to thank is the people who I've never met before. And that's because, you know, those wonderful developers that would just post answers on their websites, you know, in there's whole blogs that would spend hours crafting their, um, 
their write up about what's the best way to create an app, what's the best way to do this or that. And you know, these guys really deserve all the applause for anything that's being created in the app world. Well, you're talking, you're talking to the right audience, and uh, thank you very much for acknowledging that. And I do have to say you've been very gracious because what the people listening do not know is that uh, my it was my fault that we uh, were 20 minutes late recording this. And uh, and you you were so kind and gracious throughout that uh, the fact that I was late. So thank you very much for sticking with it and uh, recording the, uh, re- the episode. And uh, I just wish you all the best with... Uh, the art and creativity in the future for for your business yeah thank you very much and uh yeah in thailand uh, they say sabai sabai which is kind of relax it's all good uh, and you i must ask well, how we best can connect with you and on, online where's the best to, place to reach out uh yeah i mean uh, if you go to artsocket.com there is a contact button on the top right which basically everything goes straight into my email inbox um, or um, you can also find me on Twitter, which is Dmitri Twits. And uh, what else? Yeah, I think those are the two best ways to connect with me. Wonderful. Thanks for your time, Dmitri, and all the best with everything. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.